roll the footage. Welcome back everybody, I'm Simon Severino, your host. And today we talk with international sales speaker, author and sales guru, how you can do prospecting. And that means, exactly. So welcome everybody, Tony Morris. Simon, good to see you pal. Thank you for having me on the show. Absolutely excited to have you here because right now we wanna help people, you know, having their earning system, saving system, investment system, systems up right to have um, a good position in this funky year full of opportunities full of risk and what better topic than to talk about prospecting if somebody doesn't know what is prospecting can you define it yeah my definition would be to generate opportunities proactively i think so many salespeople that i work with are what i would call order takers as in they get an inquiry over the phone, online, through their marketing, and they take an order. Prospecting is an order maker. They go out, they hunt for the right opportunity that suits their product and service, and they generate business from fresh. Are there different ways to do prospecting? Definitely. So, I mean, the... I guess in the new world, and I call it the new world, you know, BC, before COVID, (laughs) you could just pick up the phone and phone a a stakeholder or a decision maker. I think because the decision makers now, everyone is now used to being on camera, right? They've all had to embrace Google, Teams, Zoom, whatever platform you've used. So I think the, the most effective way now, there are different ways, but the most effective is using video in your outreach. So what I do in my business and what I recommend to my clients, I use a software called BombBomb, which is like an email video platform. So you're warming up your prospect. And, and the biggest tip I can give anyone using something like BombBomb or Loom, whatever platform you use, you prefer, is have a speech bubble whiteboard with the prospect's name on the whiteboard. So you hold it up like that, it would say, hello, Simon, put it down, and then deliver a 30 to 40 second message. And the message should be about how you've helped someone like them. And you need to focus on the biggest pain, issue, problem that you know that prospect has. Um, And then at the end, have a call to action of, I'm gonna be in touch in the next couple of days to see if I can help you as well. So to answer your question, are there different ways? That's just one. I would be using LinkedIn Sales Navigator and doing a composing a video message from your phone. Third could be a direct mail piece. Send something in the post. This is so this is so uncommon and therefore it stands out. And what I do in my business, every month we do a different direct marketing. So last month, and this will make you laugh, Simon, we, I sent out 200 letters um, in a navy envelope, because that's my brand, navy and white. And in the envelope, I, I put these little rubber feet. My wife thought I was mental sending body parts. And the letter said, dear Simon, now I've got my foot in the door, dot, dot, dot. 
with a powerful message. And that might not work for you, but my point here is do something different. You've got to stand out. So that's just three or four examples. And now, just thinking of myself, there was a time where I hated this. And then over, over years, and I think success was what changed the thing. When you get it going, of course, everything that works, you want more, right? But, and, and now it's fun. And now it's, it's like talking to you. I talk to everybody. But what, how do you help people who, who right now go, ah, no, I, it doesn't feel right? Yeah. So just think about the language you've said there. It doesn't feel right. I feel uncomfortable. I don't want to seem pushy. I don't want to come across as desperate. You know, if you think about the common theme in that, I. And what you've got to remember is it's not about you. It's about your prospects. So as long as you remember you're there to serve, to help, to add value, then it takes the onus off you as in I don't want to. I feel uncomfortable. I this, I that. It's not about you. It's about how you can help the prospect. So when you're making a prospecting outreach, be it a video followed by a call, direct marketing call, whatever you do, whatever your process is, remember you're adding value to their life. Otherwise, you shouldn't be contacting them. So that when you remind yourself, and I have to do that as well, when every time I make a call, I'm reminding myself of, and I hope this doesn't sound arrogant, but they're lucky I've chosen them because when they use me and when I add value to their life, they end up thanking me and giving me a testimonial and recommending me to their network. And then I never think, oh, wish I didn't call them because I've helped them. And I think you've just got to remember and remind yourself you're there to add value. And for those people that are uncomfortable, my biggest tip as well is get comfortable with being uncomfortable, <laughs> you know? And so the exercise is, okay, what am I bringing to the table? Am I bringing something that adds value? Yeah. Then come on, get over, get over this, do it, bring it to them, serve and the you, people you're and, here to serve. And the other point, Simon, is this, it's a bit like me saying, I'd love to be a boxer, but I don't like getting hit. Well, then don't be a boxer. And if you're going to be a sales professional, part of that is you've got to know how to pick up the phone and prospect. And and therefore, you know, there's amazing gurus out there like Jeb Blunt and many, 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 many more that you can learn from. So if you're choosing to be a sales professional, then part of the game is to prospect. And if you hate it that much or you're you're so scared or it's just not for you, then maybe you're in the wrong job. And this is the job, let's say I'm a, I'm a solo founder or I have a small team. Is this the job of the founder, of the CEO, or is this something that should become uh, systemized, delegated? That's a great question. I would say to begin with, it's the function of the CEO, only because they need to know how to do it to ensure their team are doing it the right way. But then I think as they grow, they go from a solopreneur onto maybe a CEO of an SME, then they need to delegate. And one of my mentors said to me, and I love this, he said to me, the pilot 
does not serve drinks on the plane. And therefore, you need to systemize, have a process, have a strategy um, and delegate. I don't really do sales calls now. I've got a team of five salespeople. My job is to coach and mentor them. So I listen to their calls. But because I did it to begin with, I know what good looks like. So I've got a benchmark. Um, and I and the my other tip with that is you should record your calls as the solopreneur record them even if it's on zoom record them and that should become part of your sales library so your team can watch listen and learn how, how often do you coach how does this coaching look like daily daily and what i do is i i block an hour in my diary a day to coach and we listen to at random a call we watch a zoom meeting and i came up with this tool i called it pim feedback and PIM stands for positive improvement miss. Because it's not much value if I go, Alex, that was just crap. That, he, I'm not helping him, right? So I want to say, Alex, I spotted three positives. Did you know what they were? And rather than me tell him, I'm developing his observational skills. I need him to tell me what was good. Then I'm going to say, I spotted seven improvements. What were they? And finally, I'll say, I only spotted two misses. Did you know what they were? And obviously, if he can't get them, I will share. But what I do is I critique it with my team. I make sure all my team, when I block the hour out, all of them are with me because I want to make sure all of them are spotting these areas to work on. Um, and because I remember when we first started it, they used to hate it and feel very uncomfortable. But now, like anything, you do it 20 times, it becomes the norm. That's powerful. And so when do you know it's working? At the beginning, you do it yourself. Then you start writing it down as soon as something works. When do you know it's working? Now it's time to bring people in. It's all about results, right? It's about test, measure and results. And for me, whenever I make a call, I think about I set two goals. It was the late motivational speaker, Richard Denny. He once said, if you don't have a goal, you can't score. So whenever you're making a prospecting call, ask yourself, what do I want to happen as a result of this phone call? And I would set two goals. So for me and my business, a primary goal is to book a, an appointment with key decision makers. That's my primary. If I can't achieve that, my secondary goal might be to get the name of the key stakeholders, to get a mobile, to get an email, to get alternative contact names, to find out, get a referral. So always have a secondary goal because at the end of the day, you might think I've made 60 calls and I've got no appointments and you feel a bit demotivated. That's because you're focusing on what you didn't achieve. Whereas I would say I've got seven mobile numbers. I've got 12 decision makers names and I know what supplier they work with. What a great day. So the key is you know, to know that you're ready to delegate, you've got enough opportunities in your pipeline to service you for the next quarter. And only then I feel you're ready to hand over the reins. And now I start looking for people. What's the what's the technical term? Do I look for SDRs, sales development representative? Do I look for closers? Do I look for something else? Yeah, that's, so when you're delegating and who do you recruit, 
in most organizations, you have two types of salespeople. You've got hunters and farmers. And, the, and hunters are the ones I mentioned earlier. They go out and hunt for new business. Farmers, they manage their crop. So they, they manage the accounts. They grow that account. They get referrals within the account. And the reason most organizations have two types is often a hunter makes a really bad farmer and vice versa. So I think you, if my opinion, you probably, if you're going to start growing slowly, get two salespeople, one hunter, one farmer. So when the hunter brings someone on, they can then introduce them to the farmer who then manage that account. Because most hunters like me, I'm a hunter, like Mark Hunter is a, and I, luckily his name's Mark Hunter, but he's, a, he's an absolute prospecting Jedi. He's a, he's a typical hunter. He would not want to farm and manage account. He's not interested. And most hunters are not interested in farming. And yeah, you can get an SDR, you can get a BDM. I think the key is get a hunter and farmer on board. Uh, and then once they're both um, at 90% capacity, that's when you grow again. If you are not sure if you are a hunter or a farmer, how do you recognize both? That's a really good question. I think most people know, but if they don't know, it's the, the solopreneur's job to tell them. And I think, you know, if you look at what strengths do you need to be a hunter or a farmer? Hunter, they've got a better handle rejection. They've got to be competitive. They've got to be tenacious. They've got to be assertive. A farmer needs to, customer service is more important. They've got to be patient. They've got to be tolerant. They've got to be courteous. They've got to be um, nurturing. So I think they're two very different skill sets are needed. And I think in your interview process, you need to ask questions to really ascertain what their strengths are to, to really know. And and you say rejection. So it's emotional and many take it, of course, personally when when they get rejected. How to frame that? How to yeah. how to set that up? Michael Jordan, the, the probably the best basketball player that the world's ever seen, once said, you never lose. You win and you learn. So for me, it's not rejection, it's, it's a lesson. So when I come off a call, rather than label it, and that's the point, they're labeling it as rejection. If I label it as what a wonderful lesson, what a great gift I've been given, then it's not rejection. And I remember when I started getting mentored for my speaking, as in my speaking career, I used to stand on stage and speak. And then a, a professional speaker came on stage, he said, Tony, I have two gifts for you. And he shared gifts for me. And I took it as gifts, whereas he could have gone, Tony, you were crap. These are two reasons you were crap. So it's how it's positioned. And I think, and I genuinely take feedback really positively because it only gets me better. And it's a game, right? The more you learn on the game, the better you get at the game. What are the three best books on prospecting? The number one has to be Fanatical Prospecting, Jeb Blunt. I think it's phenomenal. Um, then probably Eat Their Lunch, Anthony Anarino, I think it's pretty damn good. And then Mark Hunter wrote a great book. The names escape me, but he wrote a great book on prospecting. 
Um, and my one's pretty good as well, if I say so myself. Coffees Please. for closers. Coffees so for closers. Yeah, I wrote five books, but that was my first I wrote nine years ago. And for prospecting, I think that's pretty, it's up there. I love also Eat Their Lunch. Uh, Anthony Yanarino, he, he was a client of us. He did a sprint with us and improved his, right. his workflows. And uh, he's such an amazing person. And he he's just amazing. wrote to, yesterday, I got the foreword to my book, Strategy Sprints, which will come out in February. He wrote the yeah. foreword to that book. And he's wow. one of the icons of he's the sales world, right? He's amazing. I've, I've been very lucky to have him. Vic Antonio, Jeb Blunt, all on my podcast. And I'm hopefully going to see them next year in America. They they all run the Outbound Conference, yeah. which uh, they've said I can speak at. So, I, you know, I can't wait. And I'm actually making live prospecting calls on stage. So I can't wait for that. That's going to live be on stage. I want to see that. Beautiful. Yeah. So where do you took, take your inspiration from? From practice, from, from podcasts, from books, from all of that? Yeah, I, I like to listen to books. So for me, I do the gym four times a week. And when I go to the gym, I, I like to do it first thing in the morning. So I feel like I've achieved why most people are asleep. And, and I listen to audio. Um, and for me, that's inspiring. I, I, like to, I like to listen to better speakers than me, better businessmen than me, better, better salespeople than me, because I think we're always learning. You know, every, every day genuinely is a school day. I think it was Art Subcheck, who's who was one of the first books I read on sales. He wrote a great. He's also got a great prospective book called Smart Calling, and he said no one ever graduates from the school of sales, <laughs> and I really like that. Um, so for me, it's just a combination. I, I watch webinars, I listen to a couple of podcasts. For me, it's more books, uh, and I read when I go on holiday. Um, but in the gym, I just listen to Audible. Now that, that we are already deep into this topic, one thing that I never talk about here on the podcast is what to do with a couple bad sales months. Uh, if we manage a team and we have a couple of bad sales months, how do we manage that? How to frame it? What to look at first? Do you yeah. have experience with that? I do. So look, in sales, you always have peaks and troughs. It's normal. So I think there's two big points here. One, don't measure it monthly, measure it quarterly. Because now if it's two bad months, let's have a major month and then we've had a great quarter. So that's the first point. Second point is you should always be looking for lessons, feedback. And my recommendation, if one of your sales, let's say Johnny, your sales guy, has a bad month and he's, he's lost four opportunities, Johnny's buddy should phone to get feedback because if Johnny phones the prospect to get feedback of why they did not choose Johnny, most people won't tell the truth. They'll go, Johnny, your fees were too expensive or we've gone with a, another person because they were recommended. But the truth is maybe they don't like Johnny and they won't tell him that. Mm. So if Johnny's colleague phones says, Simon, I know you met my colleague, Johnny, he was unsuccessful at, blah blah company we strive to be the best can you give me your honest feedback about johnny because we want to learn and you won't offend johnny you won't offend me we simply want to learn grow and develop and i think if you can get some invaluable feedback for why it was a bad month 
then it, it no longer becomes a bad month. I would say it becomes a wonderful learning month. Beautiful. What are you excited about growing your own business looking forward? I'm super excited. So I've the last two months I've been building with uh, one of my colleagues has been building it with me um, a marketing funnel. So we're using the great platform ClickFunnels. It's gone live two weeks ago and the results have been amazing. So we're trying a whole new strategy where I wrote an e-guide focusing on a specific pane of the niche that I'm aiming at. And once the prospect downloads the e-guide, they go into the funnel where they get a video and then they do a trial of my university, which is my e-learning product. And we've only been running it two weeks. We've had 113 downloads and 12 trials. And Alex is who built the funnel is tweaking, constantly tweaking the Facebook ads, the YouTube ads just to increase conversion. So I'm super excited to keep perfecting that. And as a speaker, I've just written a new talk and I haven't delivered it yet, but I'm working with my speaking coach and I'm going to be delivering that in January for the first time. So I can't wait to see how that lands with the audience. And yeah, so they're my two things I'm super excited for. Oh, that's beautiful. We want to listen to the to your talk and that funnel, if it's already starting to have traction, that will work while while you're on holidays, while you sleep. That's, That's the, the thing. I, I always wanted to build a business where you earn while you sleep. And, and during the pandemic, rather than sit there and moan, I used that more time available because I wasn't traveling to build an e-learning platform. So I built one for estate agents, which is one niche. And I'm now building one for mortgage advisors. Um, so what I'm focusing on is building five bespoke universities. Um, and I want to perfect the estate agency one so I can rinse and repeat. And as you rightly said, I, I've, I've built a six-figure business within two months. Um, and if I can now replicate that across four other verticals, happy days. Absolutely. At the ascent rollout. Beautiful. And uh, we have also a, a new funnel uh, since three days now. Uh, brilliant. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm super curious. I want to hear more about your funnel evolves and we can continue that conversation. Definitely. And... Uh, all, all, what I always ask is you can pick one person to give them the strategy award. So when everybody zigs this person, zags, who do you pick? Good question. Um, it's got to be, I mean, I, there's so many salespeople I aspire to. Um, one would probably be, if you've not had him on your show, Jeffrey Gittimer. Mm. And, and he's, he's one of my sales heroes. I've read many of his books. Uh, the Little Red Book of Selling was amazing. His sales Bible was amazing. So I would say Jeffrey Gittimer would be my my person to help Zag. Perfect. Thank you so much. Is there anything I forgot to ask? Yes. Where can people find you? Where do you hang out? Yeah, so definitely on social. I'm massively on LinkedIn every day. So if they look me up, Tony Morris. Um, but but probably my, my website, Tony Morris International com is the best place and and what i'd like to do simon if it's okay as a gift for your listeners is i've mentioned i've written five books and for prospecting coffees for closes is, is probably my favorite it's it's had over a hundred five-star reviews and got got an amazon number one bestseller for telemarketing so i'll be delighted if anyone wants a free ebook if they ping me an email 
which is Tony at TonyMorrisInternational.com. And I'll, I'll send them a free ebook with absolute pleasure. Beautiful. Yes. Thank you so much for the gift. Pleasure. And, um, and uh, so LinkedIn is the best way. The, the gift is placed. Wonderful. Is there anything I forgot to ask you? Um, no, no, not really. I think a lot of people ask me, what's your number one tip when it comes to prospecting? If, if there was one magic, you know, one magic pill. And the truth is, there is no magic pill. It's about doing the numbers the right way. But I guess my number one tip that's always served me is when you do get hold of a decision maker, don't talk about what you do. Talk about what you've done successfully with someone like them. Mm -hmm. And you need to build a list of what I call success stories. So in my business, I've worked in 62 industries and 400 clients. Now my sales team won't know all of them. Why would they? So what I do is I create my A to Z of success. So as an example, B is banking. The next column is two banks we've helped, UBS, XAM, BNP, Paribas. C is the service they've bought. But most importantly, the D is the result we've helped them with. So when my team are prospecting banks and they're looking to get in with American Express or Barclays, they've got a success story out their sleeve. And I think the key point here is talk results. You don't go to a hardware store to buy a 12 inch drill. You go to a hardware store to buy a 12 inch hole. Mm. So remember your product service is irrelevant. It's the result your products and service delivers. We were recently thinking about, we collected 160 client testimonials and wow. we were thinking how, how to, how to put them on the website. And we, first thing was we created one page with all of them. Yeah. And then we said, but who's going to read that? So let's sparkle them around over all pages. Yeah. Did you, did you see one way that is, that is better than yeah. others? So a couple of things. I think what you've said, scatter them all over the website is beautiful. That, that I would definitely recommend. I mean, what's becoming more and more popular is video testimonials. And my recommendation is in every proposal that you send out, you should insert a relevant video testimonial. If you don't have a video, have a written. And the line I use to introduce that, and this works for me, is when we talk about how good we are, it sounds like we're showing off. When our clients do, it's proof. Then insert the testimonial. And in terms of outreach, I spoke about it earlier, direct marketing. I send out these video business cards where I do a personal introduction to the prospect, 20 seconds. And at the end of the intro, I say, Simon, when I say how good I am, sounds like I'm showing off. When my clients do, it's proof. And then I edit a video testimonial on the back of my intro video. And it's, it's just social proof. So it backs up. I'm as good as I say I am. That's how I'd use them. Thank you so much, Tony Morris, for sharing your wisdom, your tactics. My pleasure. Uh, My pleasure. With our community. Please come back soon when you have your, your new uh, keynote out. And uh, let's talk how your funnel is evolving. Perfect. Nice to see you, Simon. Thank you so much. Keep rolling. 
avoid trying to do thousands of things that doesn't work. We have 274 templates for your business success. Reach your ambitious goals with one-on-one -on -one sprint coach. We double your revenue in 90 days.